Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Joining me now, my friend Luke Johnson, your friend Luke Johnson, our friend Luke Johnson, covering the Saints for the New Orleans Advocates last time's picunola.com. A veteran, former U.S. Marine, and a great guy who has been. I guess traveling quite a bit, Luke. I mean, first off, man, I appreciate you coming on this morning. What was your work situation like in terms of Hurricane Ida and covering the Saints who have been away from home for over a month until Sunday evening? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty wild, honestly. Um, you know, I, I think I, my, my wife and I stayed in New Orleans for the storm. Uh, she was working covering it for the New York Times. So, so we stayed here and uh, – and when it became clear that we were going to kind of be without power and that the, the Saints weren't going to be in town, we decided to uh, we evacuated the Monday morning after the storm. And uh, yeah, we we went to Pensacola for a couple of days. We went to uh, went to Memphis for a couple of days to a farm place or a farmhouse outside of Memphis because we had two big dogs and it didn't really work out too well in a hotel in Pensacola. Um, and then from there, you know, they, the Saints were like, "Okay, we're going to be we're going to be out of town for a little while." So I drove from Memphis to Dallas, uh, lived in in Fort Worth for for a couple weeks. Uh, traveled from Fort Worth to to Jacksonville, then to Charlotte. Flew back from Charlotte to Fort Worth. Drove back to New Orleans. <laughs> I worked last week. They, they did everything remotely last week because they were in the COVID protocols. So I did everything by Zoom from New Orleans, and then flew to Boston on Saturday and finally it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm finally going to be back in my own bed for like at least two solid straight weeks. Oh. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I guess so, man. Well, um, that's hey, whatever it takes to get the job done, but, um, that's, that's wild, man. And, and I'm sure that I'm sure the wife and dogs were happy when you were back. And I know, you know, I guess that's a good starting point in terms of my first question, you know, having been through it, albeit, in a different variety than the team was, what kind of impact do you think this has on the team, short term, long term, being away and now finally being back home? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, in the short term, it was it was both a challenge and uh, and uh, something they actually kind of liked. Um, yeah, I, all right. I, I think for for the players, it was specifically just a difficult challenge, right? Um, they're away from home. I, I mean, these guys are, are human beings. Like they have property at home. They have families at home. Um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, a grind, right? I, I mean, they are making a lot of money to do this and they're, 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 you know, playing a game, but that's, that's really hard on a human being on a person. I, I mean, it was hard on me uh, being away from my wife, Chelsea for, yeah, basically three weeks. I, I didn't see her. You know, when I when I came back to New Orleans last week, she had to go on a work trip, so I saw her for one day in a span of three weeks, and it sucked. <laughs> um, and when you're trying to focus on a on a job that's that has that comes with a lot of pressure, um, yeah, there's it comes with more pressure than mine, and mine comes with a fair amount of pressure. Um, yeah, that's that's really it's really difficult. It's a hard mental place to be in, and I, I think we saw a little bit of that on. Uh, 
you know, in, in the game against Carolina, they, they just were not there. They, they were not mentally focused. Um, it's hard to keep that up for a couple of weeks. But by the same token, I, I think this is like a dream scenario for Sean Payton. Maybe not over the course of a of, of full month, right? Like that was hard. But you know, for him, he's like, okay, I get to I get to get all my guys in one spot, and you know, at the end of the day, they're all they're not all going. 50 different directions back to their homes, they're all going back to the one place. And, and this can be an opportunity for this team to get closer and to bond. Um, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like a, like an old football movie, you know, where they're all like in, in training camp. What's that old one with, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. You're, you're better at movies than I am. The but, old, yeah, they're all. I, yeah, might be, I, mean, I, might be, I might be able to figure it out. So the old football movie, they're all back. Give me another hint. Yeah, it's, I think it's based on on Bear Bryant, right? It's like they're all. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about that yeah. one that was Tom Berenger played Bear Bryant or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So okay, so you know they're all they're all in one spot and they're all getting closer as a team, you know, and, and they they can't go anywhere. It's just them. I, I think that I think that helps, um, but I, that's that's only going to help for so long. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think that it had run its course and and they were all ready to get home and. And look, you know, they're 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 finally here and they're back and they're they're all very clearly uh, ecstatic to be back and um, you know now they got an opportunity to go to go three and one against a football team that's really struggling this week. You know, I, I think long term, I, I think that's probably going to have some benefits. In the short term, they had some challenges, uh, even though Sean Payton probably loved it. Yeah, the uh, the Junction Boys was the name of that one. It um, that's I, what I was thinking. Yeah, I I just I don't know how. I, I've been asked, you know, how hard is it, or or how can you expect them to perform at that high of a level? And I, I you know, I know in '05 covering the team, it was it was very different, right? The franchise was in a different place. Um, Katrina was vastly different than Ida. You know, they were they were working out in a parking lot in you know on a high school field, and and they were away for an entire season. It was it was different in a lot of ways, but you could see early on. You know, after week one, a lot of emotion, right? You're rallying. But then once week two started and then week three, you kind of just saw it wearing on them. And you mentioned week two. But then week three to bounce back the way they did in a game that, you know, had some ups and downs but ultimately was a win. I, um, I To say that I'm impressed by how they were engaged mentally, physically just uh, last Sunday, uh, I think would be an understatement because that's – that's taxing for all the reasons you brought up. Now they're back home, and it's like, okay, they're comfortable. Is there is there some kind of letdown Sunday at least for a little while? I have no idea. I mean, these are these are uncharted waters in a way. But to your point, you're getting an opponent that's struggling a lot that just lost arguably their best defensive player, certainly one of their captains. I mean, this is a game that on a normal Sunday the Saints would be, you know, uh, expected to win. Um, but. I guess we've learned with this season and the Saints, there's really nothing normal about it. Between weeks one, two, and three, Luke, which product do you think is, I guess, most closely resembles what this team actually is? Uh, last week, hands down. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, just because week one and two were so far on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, I think we were going into last week just like, okay, who the hell are these Saints, right? We have no idea. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they somewhere in between? Um, and I think I think this last week is really a true showing of the kind of team we can expect this year. And it's a different kind of team than we've seen in the Sean Payton era. 
I think this is a team that's uh, that's probably a little closer to what they have been in the last couple of years. Um, you know, even though they, they had a very good offense in, in 19 um, and a pretty good offense last year, I, I think you could make a pretty solid case that those two teams were carried by their defenses, especially last year's. And I think that's going to be the case this year. And look, I, I think that means that this is a team that's going to play in a lot of close games. Um, and it's, it's going to kind of have to rely on making those, those key situational plays, you know, third down plays and scoring in the red zone. They've been great in the red zone this year. Their, their offense, I don't think has been, um, nearly what they're hoping it to be. Uh, but situationally, they've been very good. Um, I think they're eight for nine red zone opportunities, and they're 100 percent goal to go. Um, yeah, but I think what we saw in New England is is kind of who they are. That's their identity right now, and I think that can change over the course of the year as as a lot of these new pieces on offense kind of coalesce. Uh, you get some guys back like Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas. And yeah, I think Jameis Winston, he's shown he's capable of, of leading an explosive offense, but you know, they've got to figure that out, right? It's going to take a little while. Um, right now, Alvin Kamara is doing yeoman's work, <laughs> like asking him to go out there and just carry the rock 22 times a game, 23 times a game. And uh, and the defense knows it's coming and he's just getting kind of, yeah, he's, he's carrying the team right now. Um, but Eventually, I think they're going to figure things out in the passing game. They're not going to pass for 120 yards a game the entire year. Um, and that's going to open some things up, and we'll see some more explosive plays. But until that happens, it, they're, they're absolutely going to be a team that is that wins and loses games with its defense. And, uh, and you know, I, I think that means we're probably looking at a Saints team that is a little bit closer to the middle of the pack than it has been in recent years. That's okay. You know, I think that's kind of what a lot of people were expecting. But they're going to be competitive in in every game. Yeah, I, 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 even though I think the Bucks are a really good team, I think they have a good chance of repeating the super, as the Super Bowl champions. I, I think they're going to be in for a dogfight whenever they play New Orleans, just because that defense is absolutely matched up and geared up to to defend pretty much any offense out there. It's so versatile, and they don't even have all their pieces. So yeah, I think the the Week Three game against against the Patriots just to me feels exactly like the type of team we're going to see this year. ESPN 1420.com, Luke Johnson, our guest. Uh, your co-worker, uh, Amy Just, wrote a piece earlier this week about Taysom Hill, who is, you know, I, I think from an outsider's perspective, Luke, and, and reading what you guys have written, listening to Taysom uh, after the games, it, it comes across as it was a difficult decision for him to accept that he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback. That's what he wanted. Um, but also that he wasn't surprised when the decision was made and that despite the disappointment, he was able to uh, kind of rise above it and just quickly embrace his hybrid role, which is so important for this team. And 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 you get paid and he has a good contract and, and that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, in this day and age in sports, Luke, we see plenty of athletes that, um, you know, things don't work out for them. It kind of impacts their play a little bit, right? Because it's it, it's it's lagging. And for Taysom, you know, his I, just his work, his role, and how he kind of accepted losing that battle, the disappointment balanced with I'm still going to go out and play my tail off. I don't know, man. I really like Amy Spees. I feel like he deserves maybe a little more credit than he's getting in terms of how he's accepted 
you know, not winning the quarterback battle, but still sort of being the, for lack of a better phrase, Swiss Army knife. I know it gets overused, but but I, I think Taysom deserves, you know, I think he deserves kudos for that. No, I absolutely agree. And and I think he gets just wrongly uh, persecuted <laughs> in NFL circles for being uh, for being what he is. Like, it's not, it's not his fault that he's a very good athlete and the Saints want to have a, a way to use him, right? But I, I think... I think when people see that, they're like, oh, that's all he is, and he can't play quarterback. And I, I think he proved uh, both last year and, and in training camp this year that he's, he's a capable NFL quarterback. Like if, if Jameis gets hurt, um, I, I think he could step in and, and do some really nice things. It's not like he's, he's Nathan Peterman out there who's still getting chances despite being kind of awful. You know, I, I, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. And, and, and like just let's be honest here. He's 31 years old, okay. So, so if he's if he's a starting NFL quarterback, uh, that that kind of lengthens his career a little bit, right? He got a late start because he's he entered the NFL. I think he was 24, 25 years old already. Um, so, in this role, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine him doing this when he's 36, right? 35. Mm-hmm. But he could be he could play quarterback until his late 30s. Right. It's so there's there's a lot of different things that go into into him not getting that job. I mean, it's it's shortening his career, basically. And, yeah, I can I can totally understand his his mindset of being disappointed by not getting it. I mean, this is something that a lot of people dream of being a starting NFL quarterback. But he put that he, he really did put that all to the side. And, you know, he's I think it's it's taken him a little while to get back into uh kind of the groove that he was in in, in recent years. Cause he, I mean, he had to change his body this off season to, to compete for that starting quarterback job. And he's not, he's not the same Taysom Hill that we've seen in recent years. Um, but look, I, they went into this Patriots game and they absolutely knew that he needed to play a big role. He played a huge percentage of the snap, 53% of the snaps, which is much bigger than he usually plays. Um, and when they needed to close the game out, they put the ball in his hands. And and they were like, hey, go get go get a first down, go make a play, and he did that. I, I think he should be commended for that. And he plays just kind of a critically important role on this team, even though he's not, you know, the guy who's getting fifteen, twenty touches a game or ten touches a game or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, he, huge part of what they do, um, and and you know, absolute professional, uh, losing out on the job and, and going back out and doing what the team needs him to do. Luke Johnson, our guest, ESPN 1420 on the beat covering the Saints. You had a great story yesterday, Luke, about Dennis Allen's game plan against the Patriots and how they were going to attack a rookie quarterback. And Mac Jones struggled, bottom line, uh, and, and the Saints had a lot to do with that. But, um, you know, you talked about some of your big takeaways, but I, I guess just thus far in general, and I'd invite folks to go read the story if you haven't yet, are you surprised in any way about the Saints' defense season because even in week two when it was a game it was just an awful game right I mean Carolina kicked the Saints but but when you looked at just the the defense being on the field as long as they were and they struggled on third downs I didn't think you came out of that game saying boy the defense is bad you kind of worried about some of the things on the offensive side so I think defense has been the brightest spot through three weeks this season is is anything they've done thus far surprising in any way to you yeah, well, I mean, I think you look at some of the contributors uh, who've played a huge role, and, and yeah, you're a little bit surprised by it. Paulson Debo has been 
excellent. Look, they they went out and acquired a, a corner who they envisioned to be a starting corner in Bradley Roby, and they sent two draft picks to Houston for him. And yeah, I still think that's a smart trade. You know, anybody who's seen how many guys have gone down on the Saints team already this year, who thinks it's not a good idea to have as many good football players in your roster, um, is wrong. Right? <laughs> They're just flat out wrong. Like, but Bradley Roby played two snaps last week. And the reason for that is Paulson Adebo has been excellent. Um, everybody was concerned about corner coming into the year, and I think it was a legitimate concern. Cause, uh, you know, it, it was Marshawn Lattimore, and who else? You know, are you going to count on the rookie who hasn't played football since 2019? Right. And they have, and he's been excellent. He's really been outstanding <laughs> to the point where, where Bradley Roby is not even a part of the, the, the defense Two right snaps now. I, I think that's going to change. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to change. I, I think he's going to have a role by the end of the season. Uh, but he's been outstanding. That's a huge surprise. Uh, Tano Passigno has been just absolutely a brilliant acquisition by this team. I, I mean, he really didn't do much in his first couple of years in Kansas City. Um, he was kind of a rotational guy, inside-outside guy, but not really like a, like a big numbers guy. And you know, he's played in two out of three games, and he's had a big impact on both of those games. Um you know, I think, uh, you know, even with Quan Alexander going down, um, you know, I thought Pete Werner did a nice job, and they've been doing some, some interesting stuff with their linebacker rotation where when they play their base defense, they, they bring Zach Bond onto the field to play, to play weak side linebacker. But, you know, we, we saw some flaws in his game last week or the week before against Carolina when, you know, they asked him to sit into that, that oh, Quan yeah. Alexander role, and he struggled in coverage. Big time. So they're like, okay, well, let's let's mix and match our pieces here and, and put the best guys in the field for a certain situation. Um, so they're 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 still without Marcus Davenport and and David Onyemata and Quan Alexander, uh, and they've been very good. Uh, I, I mean, they're only going to get better. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I, I, some surprising parts. Uh, but I think there's there's even better things in store for this defense. That's that's uh, a really really good thing for Saints fans. All right, that is Luke Johnson. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back more on the Great Scott Show. TJ Wisham later. Dave Schultz later. But up next, talking about the defense. What about the offense? A lot of folks out there saying, "Man, Saints could use Michael Thomas." Not sure about the receivers. We'll get Luke's thoughts. We know how great Alvin Kamara is, but what about the rest of that defense? What about Teron Armstead and that injury? We're digging in next. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN 1420. Welcome back. Into the great Scott show, Luke Johnson on the beat covering the Saints with the Times Picayunola.com and the Advocate. Been traveling quite a bit. Finally, at I guess the New Orleans sense of normal, which is different than other places, but things returning relatively back to normal where he lives in terms of his neck of the woods, back at home, and the Saints are as well. Uh, hopefully the Superdome doesn't catch on fire again. Saints scheduled to have their official first home, true home opener. This Sunday against the New York Giants and uh, the Giants struggling as of late. Uh, they just lost to the Falcons, Luke. Saints offense looking to maybe get into more of a rhythm, um, particularly in the passing game. And uh, from your point, that's where I wanted to go here to, to start this second segment. Um, 
A lot of talk about Marquez Callaway in camp. He was maybe one of the bigger standouts. A lot of talk about the Saints not going out and trying to acquire um, a, a veteran receiver or a receiver via trade. And a lot of folks say, well, you know, I guess they feel good about it. But then Traquan Smith got hurt. Of course, Michael Thomas being on the pup, then the COVID-19 back to the pup list. He's not available until probably after the bye. You see Jason, you see Taysom Hill, uh, excuse me, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston holding the ball for a little bit. I mean, I know I'm rambling here, Luke, but there's just, it's never one singular thing. There are a lot of moving parts, but how would you say that the Saints receivers to thus far, do you feel like the criticism that they have not really played up to a, an average NFL standard yet this season? Do you think that's a fair criticism or, or do you, fe- you, you feel like it's unfair? Well, I think it's I think it's fair, but I think there's there's other parts that have gone into that. I, I mean, first of all, they they haven't had a ton of opportunities, right? Um, I, I think the Saints. I don't know this for a fact because I don't have the stats in front of me. They they've got to be three in the league and passes attempted so far. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if Jameis has thrown more than twenty two or twenty three attempts in a game. Um, so yeah, the, the opportunities just haven't really been there for them to, to just make a splash um i i am still high on on callaway and, and deontay harris in particular i, I think Deontay's a, a stud who needs more chances mm-hmm. uh to make to make impact on the game I, I mean he had three targets uh last week all three of them he caught and moved the chains and two of them were on kind of crucial third downs um I mean, they need to get it going, right? <laughs> They're not going to be able to win games by just, you know, okay, we're going we're gonna to grind out the clock and, and run the ball a bunch and, and count on our defense. It's just not the way it works at all. Um, and I, I think we saw we saw a part of that against the Panthers in week two when, when they couldn't get the ground game going at all, and they were in third and long the whole game. Um, yeah, I think Jameis needs to be a little bit more decisive. I think he needs to get rid of the ball quicker. He's He's been – He's, I think, number two in the NFL in time to throw, and part of that is is the Saints' offensive line. I think it's still a very good offensive line, even even with Teron Armstead out. They, they were giving him all day to throw against against New England, but Jameis just kind of wasn't pulling the trigger. Here's a number of plays when yeah, they, that deep shot he took to Kenny Stills, for instance, right? He had he had like six seconds to throw on that. Uh, they were only at the I think the 37 yard line. If he would have gotten rid of that ball a little quicker maybe Kenny would have had a chance to make a play on the ball and actually be in bounds, you know, but he was, he was basically running out of the back of the end zone by the time that ball got there. Um, and, you know, you just kind of see that consistently throughout. He's just, he's, he's not making really quick decisions. And that's been the hallmark of their offense the last couple of years. So I think there's, there's a lot of different things that go into it. You know, they, they certainly need to do a better job of getting open. Um, but I, I think there's, you know, some of that falls on Jameis too. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't think that this is this is quite the version of the Saints' offense that they're going to be by the end of the year. Right. And if it is, it, they have, they have, I think they, they have problems, problems. Yeah. and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go very far in in the playoffs. So they they got to figure some stuff out. But you know, they're two and one at this point. Um, you know, I, I think if you're if you're still in the stage of, of figuring who who you're going to be as an offense, and 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 you've got a winning record, and and you're going into a game this week. I, I think you can pretty comfortably say the Saints have a very good chance of winning. Um, you're you're in a good shot. You're you're in a good spot. They just they need to figure some stuff out. And I, I think you know, based on the track record, I think you can count on Sean Payton to figure some stuff out. 
You got two more before the bye week, and and I know a lot of folks are hoping, certainly the team is hoping to have a number of players back after that. But on the offensive line, Eric McCoy out. You've seen the impact. Ron Armstead uh, now, according to I guess Ian Rappaport reporting yesterday, elbow injury is not going to miss the season, but he's going to miss several weeks. Armstead is is tough as hell. I mean, the guy played with a muscle attached from his chest one year. Um, you know, uh, came out after hand surgery and didn't even tell anyone. I mean, he's he gets a rap of being injury prone, and, and it's not necessarily false, but he played through so much, and he's played the majority of the games the last few years. He's been a multi-time Pro Bowler, and he's a he's a captain. He's just he's one of the most athletic offensive linemen uh, I've ever seen in my life, and he's been that way his whole career. Missing him and McCoy, regardless of the opponent, I mean, it's. It's got to have some kind of impact in a negative way for the Saints that hopefully they're able to overcome. You know, you've got the Giants this week. You have Washington, who's been a disappointment thus far, but you know about Chase Young. You know about their D-line, who has somewhat over underperformed now, but you know how good they can be. It's I, I, I worry one more, one more injury to the O-line, Luke. They're kind of just held together like glue right now when healthy. One of the best in the league, but you start taking a couple of your best players off of it, and now you start seeing, I think, some some negative results. Despite what happened on Sunday, that is my biggest concern about this matchup with the Giants. No Armstead, no McCoy. What's that going to look like on game day? Yeah, you know I, that's a huge concern for me. I, you know, I remember in training camp, but just telling a couple people, like, uh, yeah, I think they'd be okay if one of their interior guys went out. Um, but losing one of Armstead or Ramchek would, would be really, really hard to overcome. And I, I think James Hurst played a, a really solid game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, filling in for, for Tehran. But, you know, they gave him a lot of help. And I, th- I think this is part of, of the concern here is it, it kind of limits what you can do. You know, they played a lot of multiple tight end sets. You know, they, were, they, were given, they were given Hurst help with, with, you know, extra blockers on the edge. Um, and that, that kind of takes away from – from you know, when you when you commit a, a, an extra guy in protection or an extra two guys in protection, um, you, you have fewer guys out on routes. You know, it's it's just simple math. So um, yeah, it, it absolutely limits what they can do. And and you know, James Hurst, for as good as he's been as as kind of a fill-in and a stand-in for Tehran, he's not Tehran Armstead. Um, so yeah, I think it, this is coming at a good time though. Um, you know, with with two opponents coming up who've really struggled this year, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and and a, a bye week after that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's if, if you're going to be without some offensive linemen, I, that's that's a really good time for that to happen. Um, and you know, I think if if uh, Will Clapp is able to come off IR this week, um, which he's he's eligible, um, yeah, they could even if if they really if Hurst really struggled there, they could conceivably bring Will Clapp in at, at guard, um, you know, slide him over to, to left guard and, and move Andres Peake to left tackle, which he's, he's done in the past. So they, they have, you know, a, a few more options, but it's, it's certainly not going to be easy to overcome. I, I mean, Teron Armstead is, is one of the best in the NFL, hands down. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to uh, reiterate the point you made Um I, that guy is tough as nails. I, I think it's fair to call him injury prone. It, it's been something he's consistently dealt with throughout his career, and it's probably because he's he's a guy that is not naturally uh, 
know, 310 pounds or whatever mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, I'm sure when he, the day he retires, he's going to be 250 pounds within yeah. like a month of his retirement. Um, but, yeah, regardless of, of whether he's dealt with injuries, um, he's absolutely a warrior out there um, who I can guarantee will be back as soon as humanly possible. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's going to be something that is that is difficult to deal with for the next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, but um, if it had to happen now, and now is a good time. Luke Johnson, our guest, he covers the Saints for the New Orleans Advocate and the Times Picayune. Give him a follow on Twitter at by Luke Johnson. That is B Y Luke Johnson. My final Saints question for you, Luke, Jameis Winston. Um, whether it be the up and down play, the turnover, the 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 silly pass, the works out doesn't work out. The guy is is polarizing to the media. I mean, regardless of where he is, it's like naturally hilarious. Uh, everywhere he's been, his teammates seem to love him. I think of Jared Cook last year calling him a wild boy. Um, but uh, he's kind of taken the reins here in, you know, to, to mixed results. But he created two different memes on Sunday, both in the pregame huddle and then one out of Sean Payton on his touchdown throw. Uh, Jameis Winston in terms of the guy, his personality. I mean, is he – do you get the sense that he is, like, uh, just a really funny guy in general? Or is there sort of, in your estimation, maybe a disconnect between the public and, and who Jameis is as a guy? I think as a guy, uh, everybody loves him here. Um, you know, his, his teammates seem to adore him. Um yeah, he's he's good with us. Um, even though I think uh, I think at times he's he's uh, he plays plays things a little bit too carefully, <laughs> you know. And, and he just he he wants to sound polished. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I don't think we see his his true personality uh, sometimes when we're talking to him because um, he's he's just kind of playing the uh, the I'm a starting NFL quarterback game, yep. um, just sounding like a, like a lot of NFL starting quarterbacks. Um, but I think with his teammates, he's he's very authentic, and uh, and you know, I, I think that played a part in, in getting this job. You know, everybody here loves him, um, but you know I, I think he's he's got to play better. I, I think he would be the the first to to say that in in an honest moment. Um, I, I think the Saints uh, probably understand there's there's more they could do to to help him out there. You know he hasn't really had like like we were saying earlier a ton of opportunity to show what he can do. Um, They've been very cautious in their passing game. Um, yeah, I, I think some of his decision making has been really questionable. Uh, you know, he's had two touchdowns now where he just kind of threw it off his back leg with somebody hanging all over him, and just kind of threw it up in the air and made hoped his guys made a play. This, you know, this dangerous stuff. Um, you know, the, the two interceptions he had against Carolina, both of them were were throws that he absolutely should not have made. Um, but again, like. I, I don't think we've seen what he's going to be in this offense yet. I, at some point, they're just going to let him go out there and let it rip and, and make the plays he's capable of making. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, and we'll see when it happens. Um, but it, 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 as far as him as a guy, as a person, it, he absolutely fits what they need him to do, what they need him to be. The guys love him. Um, he's just got to have an opportunity to to kind of prove himself on the field here. Um, as he's done in the past, uh, you know, he's, he's just hasn't really had a chance here yet. Luke Johnson has been our guest. Uh, give him a follow at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. Check out all this stuff over at NOLA.com on the beat covering 
New Orleans. All right, Luke, I, um, I believe in believe. That is a quote from Ted Lasso. And we usually talk shows, it's usually about war movies or, or the latest television show we're watching. Never really talked Ted Lasso, and I don't want to spoil, you know, the last episode if someone hadn't seen it yet. But I do want to ask you about the one two episodes ago. Right, did you did you like the beard episode or did you feel like, yeah, they kinda they, they took a, a step back from what they usually do that works? You know, it was it was an episode that got a lot of people talking, I'll say that much. Okay, so so I, I'm I'm gonna come clean here because I've been so much on the road the last couple of weeks. Chelsea and I watch Ted Lasso together, um, and neither of us have wanted to watch it without each other. <laughs> I get it. So, yeah, so my wife and we're, I we're, have never. I've never watched an episode of Ted Lasso without my wife either. So yeah, so we're we're a little bit behind. And okay. We actually uh, right. la- last night we watched the. Uh, uh, the episode right before the beard episode. So we got two episodes left to go. So well, then I, I won't you're, spoil you're anything. A little, you're a little bit early. I'm, I'm like one, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like six hours away from, uh, what, from watching that. Episode. What it, what is it about that, that show that just works? I mean, there are a few people out there that, yeah, I don't like whatever. I mean, it's, it's universally beloved. It's, it's critically praised. Most of the, the ratings suggest tons of people stream it. What is it about it? Like, what is it just that it's so, optimistic yeah i mean i think it's first of all i think it came came out at the perfect time right <laughs> like that was that was just like uh uh just like some highly addictive drug i don't want i want to actually mention drugs on your show when, when everything sucked last year and that came out and it's just like such positive vibes i think that resonated with a ton of people um you know I, I remember watching the trailer for it and just being like that seems so hokey like i don't really like i don't really get yeah, the, same the thing. appeal for that yeah. like i don't don't really want to watch it and and we decided just because we, we do a thing where like if you know if everybody's talking about it we just got to kind of see what it's all about it's the same sort of deal with white lotus um which i i didn't really like the trailer for that and then i loved the show so we watched it and it like just immediately clicked. Um, I, I think the characters are just fantastic in the show. And I think they do a really nice job of, if they're going to have the optimistic stuff and, and everything like that, I, I think they do a really nice job of setting it up and, and making it, it feel legitimate and not just like, you know, fairy tale, whatever. Um, yeah. Roy Kent, I think may be my favorite character of any character. In any He's just, fantastic and uh and everybody everybody in that show is so good and 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 it's just so redeeming you know it's 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 like kind of the opposite of of a lot of tv that's coming out right now where every every character is awful you know white lotus i mentioned every character is awful um succession every character is awful yeah and and you kind of like love that in a way but like here it's like okay everybody has their flaws but they're all they're all redeemed Uh and it just makes you feel really good yeah, it's it's all so well executed, and uh, it's just great, man. It's great. Always great talking to you. Luke Johnson has been our guest. Uh, I'll continue reading your stuff. As always, my friend, glad you're back home. Glad you're back with the wife. Sorry you had to uh, spend a little time talking to me this morning, but I always appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll – I'm sure in the next month or so we'll talk again, and we'll see where the Saints are at that point. Yeah, sounds good, man. Always love our chat, Scott. We'll talk to you soon, man. You got it. That is Luke Johnson. Up next, TJ Wisham. Saints, excuse me, Saints. Rage Occasions running back and special teamer. They call him Brother Wisham. 
Find out why next. We'll sit down. He's a great interview. Looking forward to talking to him. Dave Schultz, who's over in Mobile now, covering South Alabama. They play Louisiana this Saturday. We'll talk to Dave. We'll catch up with him. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues after this. Try.